Today's scripture reading is from the book of 2 John, the first chapter, the first and the 13th verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand. The elder, to the lady chosen by God and to her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of, our, some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear Laley, the truth just as the Father... Oh, I am not writing, I'm not writing the new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. And as you have heard from the beginning, his commands is that you walk in love. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is a deceiver and antichrist. Watch out and do not, and do not lose what we have worked for. But that, you, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and, do not, and does not bring the teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. I have much to write, but I do not want, this, I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face. So that, your, so that our joy may be complete. The children of your sister, who is chosen by God, send their greetings. This is the word of the Lord. We are starting a new series in Second uh, John. This is the first message, John's second letter, his, his, his epistle. Um, 13 verses, 13 verses, 200 and 45 Greek words. I, I didn't count them, but uh, I take it on good authority that the, uh, that the author who provided that statistic was accurate. But it's a short letter. Say it's an easy read. It's a easy read, but with a lot of information tucked away in it. So I encourage you uh, for your homework to read it and to read it, and to read it several times. Uh, if you have different versions, I'd suggest that you take advantage of that too. Um, so the 245 words, Greek words, start out, the elder, to the lady chosen by God, and to her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, the elder, the, the presbyteros, the, the word from which we derive the word presbyter, the, the elder um, over a Christian assembly. So you see in um, ancient Near East, or at least letter writing of that time, it, it broke down like this. It was, it's, it's far different from how we write letters. It was from to a greeting and a blessing. From, to, a greeting and a blessing. See, this is consistent. 
And as you see this, you'll see that this is consistent with John's advanced age, uh, that we see that the elder, the, the senior person, in all of 1 John, we saw how many different ways he used the term, the phrase, dear children. So he's capturing himself already. I'm presenting myself as the elder. Uh, the elder. You are my, my, my children. Um, in his letter to the church at Rome, Paul writes, just, just for comparison, uh, as far as letter uh, writing, he says, Paul a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. How would we write, and I don't want to go down this, this, this trail too long, but if we were to write a letter for ourselves, what phrase, adjective, or, or single word would we use for ourselves? Whoa, whoa. You're writing to someone that's beloved. How would you say, we typically say, you know, uh, uh, later, comma, your name, um, you know, TTFN, or what did, thank you, <laughs> TTYL, talk to you later. What would you say? What, what would you, I, I, what would you say? What, how would you describe yourself? to someone who's beloved. How, how would you, what would you, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just barely getting by, comma, Mark. Struggling, struggling very badly. Hope you get better than I'm doing right now. Comma, Sue, or Joe, or Ralph. Or, what would you say? We are salt and light. And as tough as we may think we have it, we have indwelling us the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting for a minute that every letter, every conversation is, is signed off with, I'm on fire for the Lord, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to bust through lines, I'm, I, you know, I, life's not that way. But how would you, if you were penning a letter, how would you address it? I just, we'll, hopefully we'll get an opportunity down the, in, the, in the weeks to come to really dive into that a little more. But it strikes me as very significant, maybe because it's the first thing out of the box. This is who it's from, the elder, the presbyter, the person that I'm asking you to follow me as I follow Christ. That, that's who I am. Notice, too, that uh, he addresses the correspondence to the lady to the lady chosen by God. And before we go running down another rabbit trail and get lost and fall into a hole, two things that I want us all to recognize. First, and this is I want us to, to really grasp, embrace, and understand, 
women held leadership positions in the church like now, then. Probably more then than even now. Women held leadership positions in the first century church. That's not an opinion. That's historical fact. That's historical fact. Um, but second and more importantly for today, this reference more than likely isn't to a lady uh, or a person, but to persons, a body. See, there. What are you? What are you saying? He's probably talking to the church. And there are at least at least two dozen instances in the New Testament where the church is referred to in the feminine in relationship to Christ in the masculine. And that I could pick any, any number of examples, but let me pick one out of the book of Revelation where, again, John, if nothing else, he's consistent. Uh, let us rejoice and celebrate and give him the glory for the wedding day of the Lamb has come and his bride, that's you, uh, has made herself ready. There are many biblical husband, wife, God, and his chosen people analogies. And John may have been using this to remind the church just how much they're loved by God. I said this before, I say it again. There is nothing more intimate, and I'm not talking about just man meets woman. I'm talking about in the bounds of a relationship consecrated through marriage. There is nothing more, there is nothing more intimate this side of eternity than a husband and a wife. There is nothing more, I mean, just the, the physical union, the spiritual union, the, 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 the things that go on when the door is locked. I mean, it is, it's, 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 that, that is, is sacred and intimate stuff. It's hugely important. And see, see what the devil has done is, is has fooled us, has duped us into making it seem like it's just, it's just shaking hands now. It's, it's, just, it's just, you know, you know, hey, you know, it's, it's, we call it casual. You, you cannot make the holy casual. You can defile the holy, but the holy can't be casual. It's, it's holy. And so by, by, by analogy, God is, is he's, he's using these, I mean, catch a clue. I mean, it's like if something's repeated enough times, it's like maybe God is trying to send a signal here like a man and a woman coming together in intimate relationship, that's the relationship God desires with him and us. Wow, that's pretty deep. That's pretty deep. And again, there's a difference between someone just being in relationship, just, just being with someone, uh, you know, but being in relationship. But also notice what John writes. Again, the elder, to the lady chosen by God and her children. The elder is chosen by God. The elder is chosen by God. I love this. I just, it may, it's, 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 maybe this is inside baseball too much. But, but, but when you unpack the words and you look at the elder to the lady chosen by God. See? As we acknowledge our calling, and I'm not just talking about the person that sits on the stool and, and speaks on Sunday morning, I'm talking to you. All of you in leadership positions, where, you know, be, it, be it in your home, you know, if you're, you, when you're flipping those pancakes or, or going off to work, you're, whatever you're doing, you're in leadership position. Uh, we 
acknowledge our calling to do God's will, but we need to recognize it's God who does the appointing. We acknowledge our call, but God appoints us to the position. Say, say, it's, 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 it's well, well, what are you saying? Well, let, before I get ahead of myself, consistent with God's promise, uh, as he said through the prophet in Jeremiah, then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. See, this is a promise by God to a people just like now, but back then for sure, didn't always do the right thing. He, they didn't always do the right thing, but his promise wasn't predicated on them always doing the right. He says, I'm going to give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. I'm going to lead you in a way. See, see this is where God says, you know what, I need, I need to short circuit this thing because they're just kind of wandering off doing their thing and just, just, just bumping their heads all over the place. So I'm going to appoint leaders that have a heart like my heart. And they're going to be in positions of authority, and they're going to direct people as I, they ultimately, they're going to direct them in a way that's going to please me. So when you teach the teen, so when you teach in children's church, well, so when you teach, whatever it is you do, whatever it is, you find yourself, I am, I am an ambassador of Christ, and I am leading them in a way that glorifies God because ultimately it's not so much I get little Johnny or Janie or Sue or Sally or whatever to obey me, but I'm trying to mold them in a way ultimately that will glorify God. If we took that, if we took that opinion or that, that, that perspective when we were raising our kids, we wouldn't, raise, uh, we wouldn't raise the kids we raised, let me put it that way. We would raise kids that, it's like, let me raise you in a way that glorifies God. I want, I want your life to glorify God. I've shared with my, my daughters, God, God unfortunately, they're, they're a lot like me, uh, unfortunately. But, but as I shared with them repeatedly, my desire is that you will know God at least as well as I know him and hopefully a whole lot better. I want you, I want you to depend on him uh, like your life depends on it because guess what? It does. See, so as we lead and shepherd others, ask yourself, do I have a, a heart like God has a heart? Do I, does my heart break? Does, does my, do I cry? Do I, do I cry when I see people stumble or do I say, stinks to be you, glad it's you, not me? You know, it's like, I didn't hurt my head. Well, yeah, I'm sorry you bumped yours. You know, hey, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I'll be praying for you. Does your heart break? Do you, do you go out of your way? Do you go out of your way to, to, to love on others? Not when it's convenient, but when it's very inconvenient? Do you have a heart like God has a heart? Say, everyone, and I mean everyone, in leadership, you may not be a shepherd in the sense of, again, we say someone sitting on the stool. But we are ambassadors for Christ, called to lead others. See, so what are you saying? Well, I'm saying everyone in leadership may not be a shepherd and call themselves Christians. That doesn't mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything in and of itself. 
See, it could be just simply the case of someone calling themselves. So it begs the question, how are we to know? Well, see, again, I, I, just, I just love uh, John and how, you know, he just, he just knits all of this together. Remember back in 1 John for chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see if they are from God. Because why? Many false shepherds, prophets, leaders, uh, Sunday school teachers, uh, ministers, uh, you know, choir members. And there are because many false prophets have gone into the world. See, John is writing at a time when the church is under attack spiritually and physically. And what? The truth is getting harder and harder to come by. Just because, just because someone talks and says, well, you know, uh, I got a word from the Lord. Really? Okay, well, let's lay it on me. Get, what, what, what you got? What you got? Uh, well, boy, that doesn't seem to sync up. Well, that's why he goes on to write, to the elder, to the lady chosen by God, and her children, whom I love in the truth. Not just me. Not just me. Everyone loves the truth. See, you think about this. John is using words and topics that may seem a bit odd. Again, he's writing at a time when the church is under attack, physically and spiritually. And again, it's like, hey, how you doing? You know, is, is, are you guys safe? Is, is, is everything fine? You, you, got, you, got, you got food stored up? You know, is, is, are, are you hunkered down? Are you you're waiting for Christ to return? What, what's the deal? And he's giving them words and topics to chew on that deal with real life. You're chosen by God. You're loved by God. And our relationship is rooted, is knitted together in the truth. So what are we to make of this? Well, first, because of the truth which lives in us, and will, be in that, uh, and will be in us forever, as we are God's children. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth resides in all of us. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth resides in all of us. Now, how come the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth doesn't always come out of us? Well, I... <laughs> I keep, I, keep, I keep metaphorically speaking about grandma, you've you got, or auntie, or uncle, or whoever, grandpa, locked up in the basement. You know, it's in, and, and the Holy Spirit is being grieved as we, as we have him under lock and key, like, you know what? Today is not the truth. See, when we are exposed to the truth, we will respond and accept the truth, even though the truth may not be personally uh, palatable. It may not be something we want to hear. See, this is not, be, being a Christian isn't gazing as, as in, the, in the fairy tale, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? You know, hoping to get a response, boy, you're looking pretty fine, man. Sister, you look really good. And you know, no, 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 no. See, see that's when we just want to hear what we want to hear. But as we draw closer to the light, both spiritually and physically, Trust me, I know. We've got a little makeup mirror, and sometimes I'm looking at it. I'm not putting on makeup, but I'm looking in there, and it's like, boy, the wrinkles are really, really coming on. It's coming on strong. The closer you get to the light and the closer you get to the mirror, the more it exposes 
all the imperfections in you. See, I could stand back, I could stand 30 feet away, gaze at a mirror and say, yeah, I look pretty good. I actually look thin, you know? I just, I look pretty good. But as I come closer and closer to the light and in the mirror, then it's like, wow, man, I, I didn't realize, I didn't realize. I, I, oh, man, I need, I, need some, I need some topical. I need some, I need some treatment for this. I need some help. I need some help. See, 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 but if, we're, we're, if we stand from a distance, if we stand from a distance, you will never get to see what's going on. And so me not knowing what's going on, I can say, oh, well, I'm standing from a distance. I think I look good. I fool myself into looking good. Mirror, mirror on the wall. It's like that doesn't change anything. I'm still wrinkly. I still need to do more exercise. That, that just me not recognizing my deficiencies doesn't change anything. So, answer, ignorance is bliss? No, it's not. It's just ignorance. <laughs> ignorance is not bliss. It's just ignorance. But we have the truth. Well, I'm, I'm almost done. Really, I am. So, because of the truth which lives in us and will be in us forever, John writes, again, I love John, in the eighth chapter of his gospel, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold on to my teaching... You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from our ignorance. See, ignorance will keep us bound up in religion. Ignorance will keep us bound up in religion. But, but, but before we get too happy about that, the absence of religion doesn't equal salvation. Ignorance is just ignorance. So, so what Jesus is saying, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's why he, John concludes in his introductory letter, it has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. Four-letter word starts with S, ends in E. He said, some. Not all, some. But the some that are walking in the truth, it's the result of obedience to the Father. So, again, what makes us one? We have the same daddy. What makes us one? What, what, what makes us one? What makes us one? What, what unifies the body of Christ? What unifies City Church? We have common parentage. We have the same dad. We have, the, we have the, the blood of the same daddy flowing in all of our veins. See, if we really didn't just say that, but believe that, think of your own, well, maybe not, I can't, maybe I don't want to think about my family, uh, but, but <laughs> think about family members that you are close to and love, let's put it that way. <laughs> what wouldn't you do for them? What wouldn't you do for them? What wouldn't you do for a brother or a sister? Hey, you know, I, I, need, I need $20. Do you, do you have it on you? Sure, hey, no problem. Get it to me when you can. You know, I, 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 I have, I, I really need to confess something to you, but I, I, you know, I just don't want it spread over town, but I, I, need, I need to share something with you. Can you be trusted with that? Can, can you be trusted? I need, I, need, I need someone to take me to a doctor's appointment 
because I can't go there on my own. Uh, that would mean that you might have to take off work, lose a day of vacation, be inconvenienced to do that. Are, are you willing to do that? Is that a bother to you? Is that, is that a hassle? Is that, oh man, or do we do? We look at the phone number, we see the number. And we pretend like we didn't get the message. I, I didn't get the message. I didn't, you know, I did The truth, Jesus said in the 14th chapter, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. In the 10th chapter of the same gospel, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. What makes us one? What makes us one? I am done, I promise you. Walk in the truth. John was writing a, a personal letter of, he was being very direct, very blunt, very transparent. Very simple letter, very transparent letter, very direct letter. But as you read the letter, as you read it and reread it, you'll see that his writing reflects some, some anxiety on his part. He's, he's hurting. He, he's hurting because he sees the dysfunction that's going on in the body. Individually, as a family, as a community of faith, there's dysfunction. So what does he do? What does he do in response to the dysfunction? What does he do? He reminds them that they are in intimate relationship with God. It's amazing when it, it's like when all hell breaks loose, literally and figuratively, in our lives, it's really important to recognize who we are, whose we are. And he reminds them that they are in an intimate relationship, and it is the truth, not our truth, not what we think is true, not, not, what, I, not what I think, what I've heard, but what I know to be the truth, what I know to be the truth, the truth that is our Savior, see, it's not no, no longer a, 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 a verb or, or something that, uh, an adjective. Uh, it's a noun. It is our Savior. The truth is our Savior, Jesus the Christ. And that truth makes us one. And you know what? It resolves disagreements. It resolves issues. It resolves problems that can quickly become cancerous if we don't recognize them and deal with them. Well, you said this, and I believe this. I believe, I, that's wonderful what you believe, but I'm only interested in what you believe so long as it is in line with what Christ says. I want to know what he says. What he says goes. Why? Because he's my daddy. Let's pray.